Mi nombre es Antonio. ¿Qué pasa? Amigo, amiga. Yo soy Antonio. Dino Jeff Henderson. Good morning to you, brother. How you doing? Good morning, Tony B. And Brian, doing really well. Thank you. And hi, Brian. Good night, you know. Matt, Brian. So last night we have a little group chat. We were all uh, Gino Bozolio. We were all John Adams today texted me, Gino Adams. Why <laughs> do we find that? And that guy's a reprobate, and I'm not going to pay him attention, but Gino Ariema last night, for those that are uh, of the uninitiated, um, did Gino things. I mean, he acted like a damn entitled Yankee from uh, Philadelphia. Getting ready for the Eagles game. You know, Gino was born in Italy, Bino. Were you aware of that? I was not, Tony. Yep. Gino is what you call a true 100% true Paisano. Brian, were you aware of that? Were you aware that he's born in Italy? Seems like maybe I was. Yep. Yeah, it seems like I read that somewhere. Holly uh, Rowe last night had a had a moment with him. I want to share this with the living listener here. And then I'm going to talk about this off the top because, well, Gino amuses me. And people who amuse me get attention on here. After all, the, our name is on the show, as they say in the trade. Before the game, you couldn't put them on the free throw line or allow second chance points. How do you address that with your team in the, house, in the locker room? How do I address it? How do I address it? You don't address it. This is what you get when you come down here. The game was called one way, and then it changed. Not, nothing else changed. We didn't change. Nothing else changed. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> Thank you, Coach, for screaming at me for 45 <laughs> seconds. Really, It's really nice uh, spending a few moments with you. Thanks, Coach. Now go F yourself. That's what she's thinking under her breath. Bino, I'm going to ask you a question here in the spirit of Charlie Cream. Did you watch last night's game? Uh, I did not, Tony. All right. Brian Hartman, I'm going to ask you a question in the spirit of Charlie Cream. Did you watch last night's game? Yes, but I switched back and forth in the second half. Don't, don't. Once they Bri got behind. Brian, don't do that. You watch a game? Because I'm going to ask you a question here. Right. Just say yes, I watch a game. Yes, yes, Tony. Don't drive me nuts, Brian. That's why you got a tepid uh, introduction today, Brian. Bino got, do you notice how Bino got a, I did a Roger to Bino, and then I treated you like being, like Roger treats me towards Jimmy Hyams. Same thing. All right, let's move along here. Do you like when I ask Roger sometimes in the third hour if uh, he believes me or Jimmy Hyams, and he says, well, I believe Jimmy? That's pretty self-deprecating, isn't it, Bino, to ask him that? It, no, it is. <laughs> knowing the answer is coming. It is. Doesn't, I believe Jimmy, too. It doesn't make me feel so small. Um all right, Brian, what did you think? I want you to describe it. Channel your inner, inner rephalitic shut and tell Bino how bad that officiating was last night before we talk about Gino. Well, the first quarter seemed to go all UConn's way. Yes. And Bino, they didn't call a foul. Bino, they didn't call yeah. a foul in the first quarter. You could mug. I'm talking like Buster Mug. And the second quarter, all of a sudden, it just flipped. Mm-hmm. But Gino forgets about how in the first quarter it he got every whistle. Every Bino, Bino, every yeah. call last night was a charge on both teams. He for, 
Teams were sliding. All the kids were sliding like they were on ice all night. And finally, uh, KJH had enough over there. Lady, my, my lady Vol head coach, KJH, who embodies everything great about being a Vol, she challenges the call. It's like, and then they went to a monitor. It was like a joke. You can't slide over there on somebody when every call last night, Bino, was a charge. The officiating, I wish you could have seen it. Because you'd look at me and you'd say, I cannot believe they're paying those people. Because that's one thing Bino can't tolerate. It's horrendous officiating. I mean, if you're going to draw a paycheck for it, go out there and be a good official. And there were three of them out there. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. And you know what? Gino makes a good point. If you're going to call it one way, then don't adjust in the middle of the half. Yeah, and, Tony, I, I, and I appreciate you carrying me through a segment uh, on an event that I didn't watch. Uh, I'm, I'm fully prepared for today's show, though. Do you like Gino? Bino? Does Bino like Gino? I think Gino's really good for women's basketball. Yep. Why? I, th- I think you need. I think you need some villains out there. Yep. They hate him. The way some of that crowd, and that's kind of an older crowd in Thompson Bowling, that comes to those games. Laura looked at me and she said, "Boy, I sure hope he has security going to the bus. He's liable to get attacked with some. Met- somebody's liable to hit him over the head with a big old thing of Metamucil." Oh, no. <laughs> did you see, Brian, did you see the way the crowd looks at Gino in that place, how bad they hate him? Yeah, there's certainly some feelings of, uh, what can I say? Hate. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's still there. And Gino, let's let's point this out. He, yeah. he actually stroked a pretty big check to the Alzheimer's Foundation in yep. honor of Pat. Yep. And he did come down for her memorial, that the little service they did there yep. in front of. He did come down for that, but that apparently doesn't register much with the way the fans. No, they hate him. Be- Brian. And here's the thing about Gino: I love the guy. You know, I come to the, I came to the conclusion that I love Steve Spurrier at the end, and I love that guy. I'm with Bino. You know, you need a little pepper with your salt sometimes. You need a little salt with your pepper. Sometimes you need to put a little different flavoring in it just to keep it interesting. And that's what these people do. And he's great at it, too. And he's in a women's world, and he's succeeding in the women's world. I mean, he basically took it by st- I know it's not a popular thing to say, but, I mean, I kind of admire the guy. I know that's not a popular, I know that's not a popular thing to say. I should sing for my dinner here and, you know, lie to you. I kind of admire Gino. Gino Bozzolio. Gino Bozzolio. I can't hate the guy. I, I I just can't hate him as much as I do Saban and Kirby Smart. Exactly. Those guys that, are the I fun really patrol. Right. Those guys are the fun patrol. At least he's a human being. Look at Kirby dumb. Look at him over there. Good night. Look at him. Andy yeah, Lloyd. Total tool. Total tool. Tool time. Tim Allen. Mike Hugan on the other side after this. Tennessee's uh, going back into the portal. I'll get his thoughts on the DB they got out of Ole Miss. And then Nico's number uno, number uno, number uno, number uno. What happened? Why did on three flip him a numero uno? Hugie's here after this. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hi, I'm former Sheriff Enoch George with 30 years experience in emergency services. I know how important it is to locate an address that's in need of help as quickly as possible. An LED light bulb has been developed and manufactured that glows red, white, and blue flashing light to be placed on your front porch and turned on when you have an emergency that will help the responding emergency services to locate your home as quickly as possible. You can obtain your LED light bulb at Mount Pleasant Fire Department and all of your local fire stations. For more information, contact Fire Department at 379-1005. 379-1005. Seconds counts. Get your light bulb today. I wish you and your family a safe and happy new year. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Great Marcos Garza of the new location yesterday. Tony B. back with you, 865-200-5402. Plant something for the great Mike Hugan in here that no doubt is on his iPad, a little, uh, a little swing out sister. The Soulful Strut tune, Vino. Is that what it's called, the Soulful Strut R&B song? The instrumentals were Soulful Strut by Young Hold Unlimited. There you go. The song you're playing is Am I the Same Girl. Let's bring the great Mike Hugan in here. Hugie, how accurate is that that you were a Swing Out Sister fan from back you know, in the day? No, I was not, but I, I was a, uh, I, that, the Young Hold Unlimited song. That was, a, that was a good one, though it wasn't as good as The Horse by Cliff Noble. Boom! Hugie showing some range. And Hugie, uh, we're glad that you're back and feeling better. You were ill last week, um, and uh, you went to Southern Culture on the skids and maybe picked a little something up there, but uh, it was worth it, you say. It was a good show, Southern Culture on the skids. Uh, A fun group to watch. Yeah, a buddy of mine was telling you, he went over and saw Kevin Kenny the other night driving and crying 
at the uh, Bijou, and so they had a really nice crowd there, and so they were really, really good. And and you tell me they're kind of hit or miss, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm a. I saw them. Man, I'm old. I saw them back in like 1988. They played for. They were. They played for about 20 people in Melbourne, Florida. They were fantastic, fantastic. And then a couple two years ago, saw them, and I yeah. was not impressed. They seem to think they've become a jam band, which I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> the great Mike Hugan and joining me, he's on 3.com. You bow your head when you say thy name. And Hugie, Tennessee is uh, about to get this kid, or they've gotten him. Uh, I believe they've gotten him. Um, so that's what we're saying. Uh, this, this transfer defensive back from uh, Ole Miss, who's in the portal, who has a funny name. Um, it's well, Bonison, yeah, he's he's the talent. Kind of ball player. player is he? What kind of ball player is he? And I think plus one thing with the portal that I think sometimes people overlook. He he's got three years of eligibility left, so you're bringing in a multi-year starter who has already played in the SEC and proved that he can play in the SEC. So um, when you can bring in, you know, it's it's one thing to bring in a plug-and-play guy, uh, a one-year guy, but when you can bring in a, a, a multi-year starter. Uh, or at least a multi-year contributor, a key figure in a rotation, uh, that's, that's, to me, is obviously even better if you can do that. So, uh, Bonison is a, he's a Jersey kid. He is talented. Um, Ole Miss did not want to lose him. Do you find that he will be an upgrade for what Tennessee has had uh, recently? Uh, I think that the potential is there for him to be a really good corner, especially by the 2024 season. Um, I tend to think that if you're a cornerback or a wide receiver, you can play as a freshman strictly on athleticism. Um, you don't need to be all that well-versed in some, some aspects of football. So my presumption is he'll be better this year and even better in 2024. Uh, I, think he's, I think Ole Miss folks thought he was a contributor as a – he would be better this year and be a, a full-time starter – and then obviously be really good in 2024. And I guess that's the, I would think Tennessee coaches feel the same because he has all the physical traits you need. Yugi, uh, I wanted to ask you, because you, you, you ranked the portal, and this week you ranked the, the top ten additions. If you were to throw him in there, is he would he dent that? No, he wouldn't be a top ten guy, but he would be one of the weekly top ten additions. Yeah, that's what I mean, weekly yeah, top tens. Yeah, he would, no question. Next week, if he... If he Enrolls. Comes out and commits, yeah. he, he will be on the list next week. Though I think next week, heck, I'm not sure. How, you know, this week I think might have been the last week that was going to be truly busy yeah. because you look at what's left in the portal. Man, there's not a lot of high level guys left. Um, now, graduate students still can go in. There's going to they're going to go in in drips and drabs. Um, but uh, Bonison is one of the bigger names left right now. No so for undergrads, the portal because people have a you know a lot. There's a lot of confusion even among people like myself, um, which I live confused. That said, and and all this and all this minutia, which is the dates and it's all confusing. Essentially, you about a week and a half or so ago, the portal closed in terms of you entering it. But you still can come out of it. Those that are in it can still come yeah. out of it. Now, you're telling me that if you're a grad student a grad and you wake up tomorrow, can, you yeah, can so jump you can in it? At any time. Really? Okay. Time. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and players whose coaches have been fired can go in at any time. Wow. Now, that doesn't mean that a guy from 
who fired their coach. How about that? How about this? How about, a, how about a, the coordinator at Miami just got no, fired? That, uh, from what? Does that does that count? We have been told that there's no, that would not count. What if they tested it, though, Hughie? What if a kid threatened them an and said, I'm going to take you to court? That's an interesting aspect. But I'll also say that the idea that people were caught off guard by Josh Gaddis today, no, no one was caught off guard. Um, that has been in the works for a while. Um, I, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure why he wasn't fired in December. There, maybe there's a buyout aspect that, that has yet to come to light. He's an okay recruiter. He's certainly not anything elite. Like, if, if Miami were to have gotten rid of Josh Gaddis the day after the regular season ended, I doubt any Miami recruit was going to be like, oh, my God, I'm not going there now. Okay. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting, though, because these kids can always use angles, and they're getting more and more thread as we go. Walk me inside Nico. Last week we watched Nico at 9 on the NFL Network, and he won the MVP award of that Polynesian, whatever that thing was. At I'll right. tell you what, man. I had no idea that Polynesia is so full of ball players, and the percentage that that uh, people group, uh, that, that they uh, prepare – players for that end up in the nfl uh by by percentage is incredible it's yeah, amazing there's a, there's a concerted effort especially by the pac-12 schools mm-hmm. um to have i'm not, ne- not necessarily a recruiting specialist for right. pacific islanders but that is a definite you have to be able to recruit pacific islanders well if you're a pac-12 school uh, some schools make it a bigger priority than others. Yep. Um, there are really good recruiters uh, on a bunch of staffs out there with a, with a Pacific Island slash Polynesian background, um, and, and that is that is seen as a positive it, to the point that when I was at the Athletic, we batted around the story. Um, it was never written. I don't know why, frankly, but it was. You have to if you. The, the premise was. If you don't recruit Pacific Islanders, you can't win the Pac-12, and that I think that was the general consensus. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was the unanimous consensus among all the Pac-12 writers. Was that political correctness? That. Is that what kept you guys from writing it? Just staying away from the people group? No, because it was there was too many um, fingers in the pie. Oh, <laughs> everybody had different editors, and it was it, it was inter- internal politics, ironically. But um. Yeah, it's, it's it's the Polynesian Bowl. Obviously, you don't you don't have it, that. Would that's a pretty that's a pretty solid All Star game. A, a lot of good players were there. We had we had Ooh. at least one writer uh, on three had at least one writer that was so, uh, at the practices and stuff. So you guys, um, let's talk here because right before that, you took Nico and moved him to number one. Now I don't well, that know. Was how... the recru- yeah, I don't. I'm not involved in the recruiting. Okay. But they, they, they're impressed by the kid. Why is that? Uh, how does athletic. he move from two to one? How does he move from two to one? Like, how, how I does... think they, because they saw him up close and personal a couple times. Um, you can only go, you know you glean a lot from off off season camps and stuff. Right. And then you watch game film. Right. Uh, maybe you actually attend games to watch, and then you see him again in an all-star setting where right. he's playing with guys that are all of his caliber. Um, at some of the camps, obviously, it's like, you know, I, I'm sure you went to a baseball camp or a basketball camp when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of your listeners did. Yep. There was a wide variety of talent there. Yep. Um, so that that's like it is at a lot of these off-season camps. A lot of these dudes are really high-level guys. 
A lot of these guys aren't. At an all-star event, everybody's high level. The great Mike Hugan. So if you went on a, and you're at on3.com, if you went to a, um, like you're on an opposing, uh, not opposing, but a radio station in another market, and they said to you, hey, man, what about this Nico guy uh, that signed with the Vols? What would you say about him? What do you think I'd of him? I'd say he is the number one player for on three. Um, got a nice upside. He's athletic, strong-armed, uh, mobile, athletic. Um, and from what I'm told, he has a really nice football IQ as well, And which is obviously what you want from a quarterback. The, 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 I think that the, what I've been told in the past, you know, by scouts at all level, high school scouts, college coaches, and guys who work for, for NFL teams, because I worked for NFL.com for two years, you, you, you look for certain traits in quarterbacks, certain physical traits, but you also look for mental traits, and you, you glean that from watching game tape. You can glean that from watching game tape and in talking with them. In other words, oh, my God, he made, that, that throw was his third read. And people who are well-versed in football know that, oh, that that's his first read, he forced it. That's his second read, he should have gone to his third, all that kind of stuff. So from what I'm told and what I've read, I believe it has good football IQ and knows what he's doing. We had Watson Brown in here last week, who's a member of our dysfunctional radio family. And, and Watson Brown, you know, is one of these uh, guys yeah. way ahead of his time in terms of the offense. And uh, we sent him some film on Nico and just sat here for 45 minutes and let him break it down for us. Uh, it was one week ago exactly in this spot, and that's one of the things he said about him was, you know, I, he said, I see a young guy that's going to bring a lot of, not only a lot of physical gifts to the deal, but a lot of intangibles. And I said to him, I said, you know, Watson, a lot of these five-star guys miss. And he said, Tony, this guy's not going to miss. He yeah, said, I'm just telling thing, you right I mean, now, this guy's not going to miss. one thing to watch a, you know, if you, if, I don't care where, where you watch a high school football game. If you go to a high school football game in Knoxville, in Jackson, Tennessee, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, Whoa. Orlando, if you see a 6'5", 280-pound defensive lineman, chances are that guy's going to kick some butt on the high school level. Um, but if is he really good or is he just really big? And that's sometimes offensive linemen can be hard to gauge. That way you look for athletic traits all that day and all that kind of stuff. But in the same thing with quarterbacks. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen a six foot four, two hundred pound high school quarterback with a with a cannon arm who who led Plantation American Heritage to a state title, and then he gets to college and he's moved to tight end. Shout out Bucks it, County. It's a kid. Yeah, I actually went to a game there once. Boom. A friend of mine, and I, 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 I was not impressed. But um, <laughs> slower than molasses. Big lineman, but slow running backs. But the. It's, you know, again, and again, I'm a Leva is, is athletic, and he's always going to be a quarterback. There's no doubt about that because he does have a lot of the both mental and physical traits. I took the great Al Brown, who I know is listening to us one time to a high school basketball game I was calling early in my career. And um, Brown, he's been around college basketball. He was in between gigs, and um, he was just, you know, wanting to get out of the house or whatever and hang out with uh, with a goofball like me and, we walk in this gym because I'm getting ready to set up and do my do my deal, and we're doing the deal. And he looks at me, and I had him on the air, and he looks at me during the break, and he goes, there's not one damn athlete in this whole gym, Tony. Not one. 
Not even a, a, a I said Brownie, say it on. He goes, I'm not saying that on the air. Hey, right, Bino, yeah. Jeff Henderson, get in here. So in other words, there are a bunch of Tony Basilios. Like he says, if you get a bunch of guys, you know, and they you separate them out, like you was talking about earlier. Bino, we used to do that, and they would always send me down to the lower field, Bino, like immediately. I was one of the first guys. They'd say, hey, you, go over there with all the scrubs. Bino, Jeff Henderson, get in here with the great Mike Hugan and On3.com. Mike, I want to go back to the transfer portal for just a second. Now that most of the activity is done for the first period of the transfer portal, what were your thoughts on the volume, both that went in and came out? I think I think that no one should. I think it was thirteen hundred, around thirteen hundred and fifty guys went in from the from when it started to when it ended, um, which is to me is not not really that many. That's probably about ten, the average of ten per team. Because there's 130, there'll be 133 FBS teams this year. So um, I think the number will gradually decrease because you're going to have kids realizing through both anecdotal evidence and hard data that just because you have a scholarship at a Power Five school and you enter the portal, you're not necessarily going to come out of the portal with a Power Five scholarship. There's a lot of cases where a Power 5 guy goes in, ends up at a group of five or even an FCS school, and that's fine. Um, you know, it, it's, you feel bad for some of these kids, but you learn that the grass is not always greener. Um, I, I think also going forward, coaches are going to be – well, I think there's always going to be first-year coaches and second-year coaches who realize, I need roster churn, so – I'm going to sign double-digit guys out of the portal two years in a row. But if you look at a school like Georgia, in the past two cycles, they've signed three. Ohio State has signed three. They're filling a specific hole, singular, whereas a school like USC last year had holes, plural. Um, Ole Miss has holes, plural, annually, I think, because Kiffin is not a great high school recruiter. Auburn, Hugh Freeze went heavy into the portal this year because Auburn has holes, plural. So, but I, I think the number of kids that are going to go in five years from now, for instance, will be noticeably fewer than the number of kids who went in in the last two years as, again, hard data and anecdotal uh, evidence crops up that, you know, grass isn't always greener. You may need to reconsider your idea that you're going to go somewhere and be a star. You are who you are. You need to accept that. And, you know, we've already seen that here. It's like uh, you see these guys, like this linebacker from, from Texas that Tennessee had. Uh, and we had a guy on from Texas, and he said he's just a player. And he's really not that good. And he came here, and he was just kind of a college football player, which uh, is to say. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. He's playing Division One football, and he's well, on a field. He's going you know? to school for free. And he's going to school for free. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh which brings me to guys like A.D. Mitchell, you know, who you had the number one ranked uh, move, mover this week. There's a guy that's been, you know, a little beat up during his career at Georgia, but he's been pretty much indistinguishable. He's had some moments, like you wrote about in the championship game. He had a moment against uh, Oregon, a uh, rather loud opener for Georgia when they served notice that they weren't going anywhere in terms of from the national picture. And I guess they built upon that as the year went on. But he goes to Texas. Now, I want to ask you about Texas. You know, Texas continues to spend like drunken sailors, and they continue to get uh, 
I don't want to say um, diminishing returns, but they don't get the kind of returns. They and their A&M brethren, they're not getting the kind of returns that – uh, you know that they're putting into this deal. When does that end? When does that change for them? Yeah, their return on investment um, is not commensurate with what happens on the field. It, it is, you know, they had some good moments this past year, um, but they also lost four games and they lost the bowl game too. Um, plus, they're losing their best player. Bijan Robinson's their best player. Uh, and he's gone, and Roshan Johnson, their second-string running back, who could be a, a day-two pick, is gone as well. So there, I think there's going to be pressure on Sar- Sarkeesian this year. Um, you got Arch Manning there. Does Quinn Ewers beat him out? Um, the receiving core potentially is inc- potentially is incredible. Uh, Xavier Worthy is talented, though he is sort of a mercurial temperament. Um, they, they brought in a kid from Wyoming last year, Isaiah Nayer, who was really good, but he blew out his knee. Um, he, he is a solid citizen, a really good player. And now they add A.D. Mitchell. So if all three, if, if Nayer is healthy and Worthy sort of realizes this is my last go-round in college, I need to make it worthwhile, they could have the best receiving trio in the country. Do they let Manning sit for a year, or is he the quarterback? That, that is the most interesting question of all. Um, you know, his obviously his his uncle did at Tennessee uh, for, to an extent. Yeah, um, and I think I'm not sure, but I think Eli played a lot more as a freshman than, than Peyton did. Um, but also, don't think Manning is the kind of guy that if he's not starting, is going to be a boat rocker either. So. But, you know, Ewers had some good games last year. He also had some games where he looked like a guy who had not really played in two seasons. And people forget, he skipped his senior year of high school to enroll early at Ohio State, played in two games at Ohio State, and all he did in those two games, I think he was in the, uh, in the game for like seven plays, and all seven were handoffs. So last year was really his first year as a starter for, a, for, for, for more than two years. And the last time he started was as a high school kid. So... Um, you know, growing pains for him should have been expected, I think, because he was at Texas and, oh, my God, he's an Ohio State transfer. This guy's going to light the world on fire. Well, he didn't. So their spring practice is going to be incredibly interesting. Um, But, you know, I I think Texas will be better than they were last year. But, you know, Texas losing its best player, are they going to be an 11-win team? I don't think so. Yeah, I – well, look, Tennessee and Texas play tomorrow in hoops, right? And, and my insider, Orange Short, read a great piece today on our blog, read by thousands and thousands around the world. He says, uh, Hughie, he says, you know, this is the beginning of something. We still think of Texas as, you know, they're over there. Tennessee hadn't played them in football in forever, okay? That's about to change. Yeah. We're about to in a couple weeks, six, eight weeks, whatever it is, because they're going to, they're going to, 2024, they're going to have a new schedule. So we're going to all see what this thing is. So two parts for you. When do you think we see the new schedule? And what about the new reality that Texas is a part of this thing now in all these sports, baseball, basketball, football? It's going to be fun. Yeah, and their, their return on investment is better in almost every sport other than football, which is there's some irony there since all people care about Texas is football. So, and not only Texas, but Oklahoma. That's another, that's another really good athletic program, especially when it comes to softball. Um, and gymnastics. So, I'm not, 
the idea that Texas, you know, the, the schedule thing uh, that you and I talked about, it, it, it's, it's infuriating that yep. the SEC hasn't announced already we're going to go to a nine-game conference. I mean, what are we doing here, right. Commissioner? Exactly. But uh, I think Texas, Texas in, in most sports is going to be fine because they are high level in every sport. But the irony is that Texas and Oklahoma football is driving the train. Obviously, no one needs to be told that. But those are the programs I think that in the, at least initially might be surprised, or maybe they won't be surprised, at how different the SEC is from from the Big 12. It's not basketball, no. There's going to be no change at all because the Big None. 12 is better than the SEC. It's incredible. Um, but football-wise, it, it's and you know going to Ames, Iowa is difficult. Going to Lubbock is difficult uh, because of the travel involved. Uh, I still think that traveling to some of these SEC cities, especially for the first time, when the fans are beyond revved up to see Texas or Oklahoma, um, Texas and Oklahoma are in for a rude awakening in terms of fans. When, when they get to the SEC, but there's no reason those schools cannot be annual contenders if they have the right coach, and that's the problem for Texas. I'm still not sure Sarkeesian is the right coach, and I don't know if Venables is either. You bow your head and you say his name, the great Mike Hugan, and he does it with the greatest of ease. He's on 3.com. Hugie, uh, Tennessee and Texas in the squared circle tomorrow in Knoxville, 6 p.m. Eastern time start. We're on with Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime afterwards. Enjoying our Saturday night. Sharing the night together. A little doctor hook for you there, Hugie. I'm sure another tune that was on your, uh, that was on your uh, eight track back in the day. Did you like Dr. Hook back in the day? I liked a couple of their songs. Yeah, I forget the, the guy's name was, the lead singer was Ray something. I forget his name. The uh, Ray, uh, I should know that. Oh, he just passed away. Because uh, there were two Dr. Hooks at the end. Anyway, oh. uh, so Hugh, he was from New Jersey, by the way. The guy with oh. the eye patch. And that eye patch was actually, he actually got his eye knocked out in a car accident in the late 1960s. That wasn't for cosmetic reasons. Right, that was, I knew that. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just for, just for show. Right? Yeah, like Bino. Bino wears an eye patch around sometimes <laughs> at a mall just because he wants people to look at him. Hughie, um, on the way out, who I wins? I when I'm out with Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when we're driving in the car, right, Bino? Two eye patches. Um, Hughie, who wins tomorrow, uh, in your opinion? I think Tennessee does. I think Tennessee's better, plus they're playing at home. Um, I am interested in seeing um, the, 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 the Big 12 is really good basketball. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, if it's a 6-4, 5-5, or 7-3 kind of margin. But, um, you know, I think Kansas beats Kentucky. I think Tennessee wins. Um, I think Kansas State beats Florida because the game's in Manhattan. Uh, that'll be interesting because it's Keontae Johnson going against his former team. Oh, that's neat. Which should be extremely emotional. Good for, for him. Involved. Good but, for that young so man. So I think Tennessee, Texas, I think Tennessee, um, Tennessee is good. Um, Texas is a little bit more consistent. Um, but, you know, the, S- the SEC top to bottom is not as strong. But, I mean, Tennessee and Alabama, those dudes can play with anybody in the nation. Sort of hard to believe that Alabama is this good at basketball. It is, well, it's like we were talking the other day. Those people down there don't even care, you know? Well, that's if that's like, sad. Hey, here, we're better in basketball than we are in football. Yeah. <laughs> somebody you know, said, I mean, hey. Some so, respects, 
And Hugh, in some some, respects, yeah. they are. Yeah. Somebody had a great line. They said they ought to bring Hugh, they, Hugh, they ought to bring Nick Saban up here and sit him courtside and say, Nick, this is what defense looks like when those oh, two man. teams play each other. Yeah. Man. What a slam! That's, it's and yeah, Nate Oates. I think that part of that, though, I mean, if you're Nate Oates, you're sort of. I, I think you you're coaching at a football school. I think there are advantages to that when thing when times are bad. But you're right. You wonder if the Alabama fans truly are uh, understanding how good their basketball team is. You're my main man, brother. On the way out, tell the living listener how they can find you and thank you, Mike Huguenin. Yeah, on three, uh, O-N, the numeral three dot com. Uh, we do a transfer portal stuff every single day. Uh, the recruiting, it's kids making visits, man. It's a hot and heavy time for recruiting as well. We just finished uh, the, the on three consensus for the 2023 class. Uh, Man, Eli, Man, I'm Eli. Uh, Arch Manning is number one overall for the consensus, but I'm Oliva is number one for us. Yep. Uh, but there's a ton of ton of recruiting stuff going on, and you and I talked about this. The transfer portal has changed high school recruiting, and I think you've got high school kids wanting to lock in their decisions earlier and earlier. Which leads to this, right? When are they going to get real and put the signing day back in the summer where it is freaking belonged? Yeah, I think there's there's the, the coaches AFCA from all from all accounts does not they're going to the idea that the early signing period being in in December is not conducive to coaches keeping their sanity. Um, the, there is a, two schools of thought: one that they do away with it totally, which to me is ridiculous. And the other is to actually make it early, make it in August. And you hope they do that because there are a goodly number of recruits who do not like the process. They, their, their, their way of thought is, I know where I want to go. Let me sign so I don't have to put up with five months more of this nonsense. Uh, you're the man. Much love to you. Thank you, brother. All right, talk to you next week, man. Appreciate it. Bino, why don't they have that early signing period in the summer, and we'll have a celebration of college football. And we'll, you know, the kids that want to sign, they get it over with, and then we know what we know what we know. Yeah, I haven't thought it through real closely, Tony, uh, but uh, I'm I'm coming closer and closer to the Bo Pelini way of thinking. Just let them sign whenever they're ready. Oh, that's a really good thought, man. And then the Nico deal, I don't know, man. You know, the only reason he's not the consensus number one is because ESPN has him at like 21 or something. 23. How can a guy be one in one service and 23 in the other, Bino? Would you please explain that to me? That ESPN, they hate us. <laughs> uh, they love congratulating themselves. Though. Last night, they said uh, they were doing that. Brian, did you watch... The women's edition of Game Day, because I watched the full hour. Me and Goldbrick Joe, we hung out and watched it. Did you watch it, Brian? No, I didn't see the, the uh, I saw like the no. last five minutes of it. Goldbrick Joe came over, and he watched it with uh, Laura and I. And, and we, um, I, I got to tell you that um, I, I like the show. I thought they did a really nice job with it. Andrea Carter is an excellent broadcaster. We continue to mint great sports broadcasters out of here. Our women's she, sports broadcasters, she's great. Candace Parker's great. 
And the gal, uh, the Polynesian gal that's now in pro ball, what's her name, Bri? I forget. Kara? Kara Lawson. Kara Lawson. She's ex- they're, they're all excellent. I don't think she's Polynesian. Well, I'm sorry. My bad. Everybody's Polynesian to Tony now after he watched the Polynesian Bowl. Something didn't sound right about that. Um. <sighs> well. Hold your calls. Hold your because calls. Because Nick Moyle will join. Yeah. Break down the Texas-Tennessee basketball game. Yes. Yes. He was caught on a flight, a uh, rescheduled flight that uh, he could not join yesterday. So so hold your calls, right, Bri? Yes. Nick Moyle, San Antonio. San Antonio. And they're going to come first. When we tell you to let them loose, they're going to come first. If you're San Antonio Express, Bino, I used to love the show when it was caller-centric. Who said that, Bino? A famous caller said that in John Adams' column this week. Sage said that. Mm-hmm. Sage, we do like phone calls, just kind of not yours. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Why do people trust Till's Jewelry with their jewelry repairs? Hi, this is Terry Tillis. We feel each piece of jewelry is important to our customers and they deserve the utmost care with every item that is brought to us. Your jewelry is inspected when we receive it to determine exactly what repairs are needed. A photo is taken and documented and then it goes to our goldsmith. Once the repair is completed, the jewelry is reinspected to make sure it has been restored to its original condition. Come see us at Till's Jewelry, located in Columbia and Lewisburg. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hey guys, this is Mary Catherine with Bug Out Termite and Pest Control. Did you know that most insurance plans don't cover termite damage? Termites cause $5 billion in damage every year. Having a termite inspection done by a termite professional once a year is the best way to determine your home or business is termite free. Our technician will help you determine the best treatment solution for you. Call us today to schedule your inspection at 931-380-9009 or visit us online at bugouttennessee.com. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. 
This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm for it, not against it. As I welcome you back, 865-200-5402. Tony, be back with you. Nick Moyle joining us, San Antonio Express. Every time I think, Brian, of the San Antonio Express, I think about, it sounds like a team, like a football team name, Brian. Doesn't it? San Antonio Express. Yeah, it, it kind of does. It, it's sort of you have the USFL feel with the – you had the LA Express and yep. then you had a San Antonio team, and you kind of get those mixed up. Yep. That's me, Bino, San Antonio. When I say San isn't Antonio – Isn't that who I bet on for you out there in Vegas, Tommy? Bino, you bet on Mike Riley's San Antonio Commanders. And tell the story to Nick Moyle before I bring him in here because it was back on March – the 23rd, Saturday, March the 23rd, which I guess you were there for the first week. It was Salt Lake Stallions. I still have the ticket in a frame. I lost money on the AAF. What did the guy say to you, Bino, at the window? Nick, I, I'd been betting college basketball. I was out in Vegas for the tournament, and I walked up and I said, uh, give me $50 on 13.02. He said, who the hell is 13.02? <laughs> I said, that's the San Antonio Commanders in the AIL. And he said, you bet on that, bleep? <laughs> Nick Moyle, Nick Moyle, Nick Moyle, I'll tell you what, let me do a quick legal here, and then we'll break it down with Nick. Let me do a quick legal. Hang on. All right, Nick Moyle, the Texas Longhorns come to town. 
Well, he called me from out there, Nick, and he said, he said, I just got cussed at at the cage. I said, you got cussed at? He said, yeah, the guy said, he said, who in the F, who in the F bets on that blank? And he came to be his ticket. All right. All right. Let's move along here. Uh, by the way, you'll be glad to know that that ticket did not cash uh, that day, actually. A buddy of mine. A buddy of mine, I talked him into going halves with me, and he called me up and cussed me out in the fourth quarter when uh, when San Antonio choked it away. But uh, at any rate, um, let's talk about the Texas Longhorns. It has been a rather eventful and long season there, huh? What was it like on your beat when news break out, broke out of what happened with Beard? Yeah, um, eventful is definitely one way to put it. It's been a, a pretty, pretty surreal and bizarre um, season here. Um, and, you know, before we get into Chris Beard stuff, I mean, I, th- I think Rodney Terry has done a phenomenal job of just, you know, keeping this team on track. They're 10 and 2 with him since, you know, Beard was arrested that morning of December 12th. And, um, you know, I think the craziest thing was, you know, you have all these alerts set on your phone, stuff like that. You know, you yeah. get people calling you, you get sources and everything. You know, it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm getting all these calls and I'm like, all right, I, I guess I got to turn the do not disturb off because something, something serious is going on. And then, you know, you learn slowly through the, through the, throughout the day kind of unfolds. Everything's a little hazy in those early hours and you kind of learn what's going on. You hear, you know, there was strangling involved. You heard there was biting. You know, there heard was some sort of altercation at his home in Austin, which isn't too far away from campus. Um, and obviously just a really, you know, tragic and sort of disturbing turn of events there. And it was a really surreal day because Texas had a had a game that very night, the same morning that Chris Beard was arrested, and nobody knew until about two hours beforehand. You know, everybody kind of had the hunch that it was going to be Rodney Perry, but there was questions of are they even going to hold that game that night? What are they going to do? Everybody was kind of just in limbo, and you know, Rodney Terry was announced as the interim head coach about two hours before that game. Obviously, he's been the guy. Chris Beard was fired for cause on January fifth. Um, you know, we have not heard anything from him since. It's just pretty much been everything through his attorney, who has maintained, you know, Beard's innocence throughout this whole thing. Um, but, you know, obviously the attention now has shifted to Rodney Terry and what he's been able to do. You know, 10-2 and two with him at the helm. Texas won some really good games. The Big 12 is an absolute gauntlet. Um, so it's been, you know, a very strange season. You know, you have this one really, you know, horrible story on the other end. And then you have the other side of the coin where you have Rodney and these guys just kind of pushing through and, you know, kind of just, keeping their feet moving forward ahead of them. Um, they're in the middle of a great season. They're a Final Four caliber team. Tennessee, also a Final Four caliber team. You know, you have Rodney Terry coming back to uh, coach against the guy who hired him at Texas years ago. A lot of cool storylines coming in this game. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think everybody is, you know, a top ten matchup between two teams that could be in Houston at the end of the year. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, you, you, you start looking at, the way this thing lays out, and Rick Barnes in Texas, it's kind of an obvious to pair those two together as part of this challenge, and the mm-hmm. fact that they're both very good. And then who would have thought that one of uh, one of Barnes's guys would be the head coach for this game? I mean, nobody would have thought that coming in. I guess the the big question for Texas is uh, that that with their new with their new arena, the fact that they're entering the Southeastern Conference where there's there's they they mint money. Uh, the fact that they're going to get more and more serious about their hoops, and, and look, the co- the league that they're leaving is literally at the top of college basketball right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there that is a meat grinder, uh, day in and day out. 
Uh, you you can't find a bad game in that league versus the SEC where some nights you can't find a good game. <laughs> but 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 I, I'm just calling it like I see it here. Um, I guess my question for you is: Do you think Terry's gonna has done enough? to merit a long look, or are they going to go outside? I keep hearing Jerome Tang's name for that job. Yeah, a lot of people would love to steal Jerome Tang away from Kansas State. I know that would be devastating for the Wildcats. I mean, he's done an incredible job. They came into the Moody Center, and they worked Texas. They scored 116 points in the Moody Center. Texas scored 103. That was actually one of the wildest games I've seen. And then Texas went out the next week, and it was like 56-52 to against Oklahoma State their next game. But, yeah, Jerome Tang's definitely a guy that they're going to be in contact with. Um, so I will say that they're going to give Roddy Terry every chance to win this, uh, win this job. Essentially, this is pretty much a season-long audition, and so far so good. Like I said, ten and two. You have a couple really big wins. You're tied for first in the nation's toughest conference. Like what you said, every single game's a dogfight. There are no nights off. There's no cupcakes. There's no walkovers. Every game is going to take something out of you. And you know, not only that, they signed two five-star prospects um, to their letters of intent before the whole beard situation unfolded. And Rodney Terry has gotten those guys to reaffirm their commitment to the Ooh. program moving forward, which I think is going to be huge. And that was one of the big things, you know, when, when he was at Texas with Rick, Rodney was the lead recruiter. He was the guy that was, you know, in the living rooms of DJ Augustine, Kevin Durant, PJ Tucker. So he's revered as a really good recruiter. He's never obviously led a program quite of this caliber. He was the head coach at Fresno State. He was the head coach at UTEP, had good success there, but decided to step down as head coach at UTEP to join Beard's crew. And now he's obviously been elevated through, you know, unexpected circumstances. Mm. But, yeah, Rodney Perry definitely is going to be in the mix. Now, I will say that Chris Del Conte, UT's athletic director, he's a guy who really loves this flashy hire. So he's going to reach out to Cal Perry. He's going to reach out to Nate Oates. He's going to reach out to Musselman, Jerome Tang. You know, a guy that I would look at as maybe sort of a, a wild card sort of situation is Royal Ivy, who obviously had a lot of success under Barnes and Terry. He's uh, an assistant with the Nets now. Hmm. He's never had a team of his own, but he does coach the South Sudanese um, international team. So he would be like maybe an outside-of-the-box hire. But they're not going to start doing interviews until the season's over, from what I've heard. But right now, Terry's doing everything he can to win this job, and he's definitely going to be given consideration if they, stro- if they uh, have a strong finish. And games like tomorrow matter to uh, ADs like Del Conte. I mean, tomorrow is a real... Uh, you don't want to say, look, job interview, that kind of thing. But tomorrow is a is a substantial game for both teams. The Vols are chasing a one-line uh, deal, and, and their resume so far is thin in terms of loud wins. Tomorrow is a real opportunity for them. And, and yet for Texas, tomorrow uh, is one of these uh, really strange midseason intra-conference deals. I mean, it's just a weird, weird game all the way around. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, because if you, if you look at right now, Texas is obviously going in, and they got number four, Tennessee, tomorrow, but then they have, right after that, they have number 17, Baylor, and then they're on the road at Kansas State and at Kansas. So yeah. this is as grueling a four-game gauntlet as any team in the nation is probably going to see this year. But that's just kind of life in the Big 12, and obviously, it's not, I mean, everybody's excited, I think, to have Texas and Tennessee thrown together, but man, that's, that's a really hell of a matchup to throw in the middle of conference season especially, like I said, in the Big 12, it's double round robin. You're playing everybody twice. You're going on the road. You have this big road trip to Kansas against two of the top ten teams in the nation who also think that they can be in Houston for the Final Four. Um, I mean, there's just, there's really just no days off. Um, but like you said, this would be, for both teams, a huge resume win. It would be one of those, you know, quadrant one wins in the yeah. NCAA net rankings. 
um, which are obviously huge going forward. Tennessee right now, if you're looking at all the bracketology, they're pretty firmly on the one line. Um, I think a win would obviously, you know, fix them there for a while. Texas is like a two or a three right now. They're kind of trying to go. Um, they haven't had a huge marquee conference win yet. Obviously, they had the win over Gonzaga and Creighton in the preseason. You know, they beat TCU is very good, uh, but they did lose to Iowa State and Kansas State. So this would be another really good win, especially in Knoxville, to go in there and stamp that on their resume. Um, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a dogfight of being both, both teams, kind of like what we saw last year where, you know, Texas won 52-51 somehow without scoring a field goal for the final six minutes. That was just an ugly finish. I don't know how they pulled that one out. I think it'll probably be a little bit more compelling offensively, just even though how good Tennessee is. Texas has really taken a, a step forward offensively, and they're playing a lot faster this year than they did in years past. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I mean, both teams are really going to want this game going in, even though it doesn't affect them in the conference standings. It's going to have a big play in you know how the seeding comes in at the end of the year. No doubt about it. Tomorrow is going to be really fun, too. In fact, this is the last annual of, of these matchups. I guess the S- ACC and the SEC are going to hook up and, and do yeah. this some more, but uh, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And, and, you know, one of my guys wrote a, wrote a really interesting thing, which is, you know, we've tended to think about Texas as this far away place and they're in another world and we never play them in football. We never see, you know, we see them in basketball every once mm-hmm. in a while. Um, baseball last year, begin the season down in Houston. But that's getting ready to change uh, next season. Right. Next year, in fact, one year from now, they'll, they'll be in the Southeastern Conference. Right, yeah, I was going to say, so I mean, you're, so you're going to have these matchups more and more. So, yeah, it's a little bit sad, I guess, that we're kind of getting get the end of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. But on the other side of the coin, obviously, you, you have Texas, you have Oklahoma coming in there. And it's either going to, you know, spark some new rivalries or reignite some old ones where, you know, whether it's, you know, Texas and Arkansas or any of those older Southwest Conference ones. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of the larger sea change that we're seeing in college athletics where, you know, we have all these, these new conferences, the realignment, these mega conferences. Uh, the Big 12 is going to be really interesting, I think, still as a basketball conference because obviously you have Houston, who's been incredible all year, and then you have, you know, BYU and, you know, Cincinnati, I think it's still going to be a very good basketball conference. But the SEC, and, and especially a school like Texas that's been, you know, they've been trying to reach the mountaintop even since Rick was there, you know, that last, they only went to that Final Four one time. Um, but it seems like it's a program on the rise. Like you said, you know, they have the brand-new Moody Center, which is a beautiful arena. Um, they've been consistently getting, you know, five-star prospects over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, even the whole beard situation hasn't really derailed that yet. We're, we're kind of still seeing the fallout from it. But really, that hasn't kind of offset anything that the team has been able to accomplish this year and like i said they've still been strong in the recruiting trail um but yeah this is an awesome matchup and hopefully it's one that's going to going to be in the cards for years to come when we see texas move into the sec um you know i think we'll probably get a lot more rick barnes texas matchups which is kind of be kind of kind of cool yeah and i'll tell you something else I, I i can't wait to see the teams in baseball square off Absolutely. annually and i can't imagine tony vols bringing his guys uh, down to, uh, which is what we call Tony Vitello here. I give him like a mob name. I can't wait to see Tony <laughs> Balls going down, uh, down there and then Texas, the mighty Texas Longhorns in baseball coming to our little Van Box stadium. That is going to be a ton of fun. Nick Moyle joining us. We're breaking it down scientifically. All right, guys, I'm going to go around the room. Brian and Bino, are you guys ready? We're going to go through the SEC Big 12 Challenge and let's see where the chips fall. Are you guys ready to project winners here? Who's, who's, whose hands are on deck here? Nick says he's up for it. Bino? I'm ready. 
Brian, are you? This is like a this is a winners and losers uh, edition here, Brian. Brian Hartman, are you ready? Yeah, I certainly am. All right, the signature game. The signature game is Tennessee and Texas, but let's start with Alabama and Oklahoma. Another great, great basketball game. Alabama is mighty, mighty. Nick Moyle, I throw it at you, Brian. What's the line in that game, Brian? Pull the lines up real quick of these we, games. Uh, the oh, we don't have them out yet. They're not out they yet. Never mind. You're, you're right. Go no. ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, I mean, honestly, you know, Oklahoma's played some good matchups. They almost took Texas down on New Year's Eve, actually, but they're in a little bit of a skid right now. They've, they've lost three straight. They just got spanked by TCU by almost about 25 points. I just think Alabama is too good all around, especially that offense. So I'm going to ride with the Tide. I'm riding with the Tide. Bino? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Alabama. Brian wants Oklahoma. Okay, Brian, I got you down. Arkansas? Uh, no. No. <laughs> No, I think it's interesting how the best two teams in the SEC get to face Oklahoma and Texas who are coming to the SEC, how they <laughs> right. do that up. That's interesting. That is good, Bry. That's what you're on here for. I I think Alabama probably is going to be about a four- to five-point favorite right. on the road. According to Ken Alabama Palm. will win. Yes, we, yeah. must, we must quote Ken Palm like he's Mao Zedong. Ken Palm came out of nowhere. And now the guy, like, he, he, he literally, night and day, is delineated by when Ken Palm says it begins and ends. Arkansas, <laughs> when you're talking about college hoops, isn't that crazy, Nick, how this Ken Palm guy, who knew we couldn't live without him all these years? Right. It's, I mean, I, I use the staff all the time. It's crazy. I, he's, he's my, I use Ken Palm as a crutch all the time. Yes. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it makes me sound a lot smarter. Yes. <laughs> just, 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 just consult the analytics. Who needs the eyeball <laughs> test? Who, who, who needs to talk about what team's better? Let's just play the game exactly. on computers. <laughs> Arkansas at Baylor. Nick Moyle of my San Antonio Express News. Talk to me. Arkansas at Baylor. I like Baylor here. Baylor's been playing. You know, they had a really weird start to the season, but they've won five straight. They just beat Kansas. They're, they're playing good ball. I'm going to stick with the Bears. I'm going to go with uh, the Baylor Bears as well. I hate to parrot Nick Moyle here, but uh, I agree <laughs> with that. Although Arkansas was pretty impressive their last time yeah. out. The bottom line is Arkansas is not at full strength, and until they get there, they're right. just not going to be the club they're supposed to be. Go ahead, Bino. I've got Baylor there as well. Yeah, I don't care what the line is. Baylor's going to beat them and cover. Go ahead, Bry. I think uh, Baylor is in a better spot right now, and Arkansas is still trying to get their lineups and everything healthy, so I'll go with Baylor. All right. Another, uh, so that's, uh, so far we're one-to-one in the matchup here. Auburn at West Virginia, according to Nick Moyle. It's the third game we're looking at here. Auburn probably the third best team in this league, and and worst Virginia is having a miserable season thus far. What do you say, uh, Nick Moyle? Yeah, I think uh, even on the road, I'm going to take Auburn there. West Virginia will probably put up a fight, but I, they just don't have the weapons. They don't have the offensive firepower to, to, to hang and win that game, I don't think. Or is it is it a deal where he's out of time there, or is this a tweener year for them? Uh, honestly, that's that's a great question. It, it, it feels like maybe that the Huggy Bear era is kind of coming to an end there. Yeah, yep. um, they just haven't had a lot, ton of success. They're not really bringing in great recruits. Um, you know, it'd probably be hard for them to separate, but I, I don't know if they're trending in the direction they want to be. Yep. Time to bring back Gail Catlett. Bino, who do you got in that one? Auburn, West Virginia. I got Pearly Burger in that one. How about you, Brian? I'll go with Auburn. I think Auburn's going to be favored kind of like uh, about what Alabama's favored by, and I like the uh, Auburn Tigers to so, go so far, and get a win. So far, the SEC is 2-1, and one, and we're agreeing on everything, which is making a bad segment here. Florida <laughs> at Kansas State, I just don't see any way in the world. 
any way in the world that Florida Gator team goes in there and wins that game. Just I, I in fact that line will be what, eight or nine, Bry? That's gonna be a high line, isn't it? I would think. Yeah, I think Kansas State will be favored by they could be favored by as much as maybe ten. Yeah, that was my that was my sense of it. Just not even consulting the Ken Palm, which really you could look at the lines right now if you wanna do the math on Ken Palm, you could find it. Um and I could have done that if I wanted to be prepared for this segment, Nick, but why bother? Um <laughs> Nick, what do you say, Florida at Kansas State? Yeah, I think i got to take Kansas State. You know, they haven't lost at home, and that's just one of the best offensive in the country. They just have so many dang weapons. Uh, so I'm going to stick. I think Kansas State's got that one. Bean Joe Jeff? Uh, I've got Kansas State. Brian? Tennessee's got to play Florida on Wednesday, so I, I think uh, Florida's going to be coming into that game off of a loss. They'll, uh, Tennessee will, or Kansas State will, be, will beat them. All right, we're two and two right now, which is uh, which would be a pretty decent showing for the Southeastern Conference. No, no, no joke. This this uh, this Big Twelve for the uninitiated don't follow college hoops day in and day out. I'm telling you right now, there's not a bad team in that league, and there's some bad records in it in terms of in the league, but there aren't really, really like our league has the dregs of society in it at the bottom, <laughs> and, and and this you know let's move along here. I'm making my point. Kansas is at Kentucky. You know, Kansas to me is weird because Tennessee saw them back in December. And they're really, I know they're supposed to be very good. But, Nick, I just don't get it. I, I don't know. What am, what am I missing? And I do think they win tomorrow at Kentucky, but I think it's a pretty good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. And honestly, I, I mean, if I was going to go out on a limb and take an upset here, I think I would choose Can, or Kentucky over Kansas because, you know, obviously Kansas is going in to rough and everything but you know kansas like you said they've, they've been up and down they have jalen wilson who's averaging about 21 points a game but he's not doing it very efficiently i think he's only shooting maybe 40 42 percent from the field um they're an offense that, that's very up and down and they just don't have the, the height and the inside presence they've had in years past so yeah you know they're still going to keep winning games and doing what they're doing but this isn't the kansas of years past right um and honestly i, I really wouldn't be surprised if kentucky ends up winning that game so tomorrow's kind of a coin flip game. You have Kansas in that one. Uh, in honor of Matt Dixon, Matt Dixon just texted me, Bino, and he said, take Kentucky. So, Matt, for you, I'm going to take the Kentucky Wildcats. Bino? Oh, well, that makes me feel good because I planned on taking Kentucky, but I was afraid Matt would come over and burn my house down. <laughs> but Brian, who do you have? Uh, I think the line will be about a pick on I, I think I'm going to say I'll go with Kansas. It, it's I go back and forth on that one. All right. So since our guest is our guest of honor, his vote will be weighted here, and uh, it's now three two for the uh, Big Twelve over the SEC. Let's go to Game Six. TCU or Texas Tech at LSU. What you got, my friend? That poor LSU bunch can't get out of their own way right now. I feel sorry for uh, the young head coach who went to Bino Jeff's high school, who we've had on here. As he was ascending through the coaching ladder, he's a great guy. Look, when when you get an opportunity to get one of those appointments, you got to take the job. It's life changing money. But geez, Louise, man, couldn't he have caught a better break than that? He's got a band of gypsies. Uh, Nick Moyle, go ahead. Who wins the game? Texas Tech at LSU. Oh man, I don't know if anybody who watches that game is going to win it. Those are two brutal teams right now. I think because Texas Tech lost what eight straight. Um, wow, she's not not doing much better. Um, I honestly, uh, this could be another coin flip sort of situation. I think I would, I would take Texas Tech just because they've been playing a little bit better and they've gotten their big guy back. Um, Farwas, who was, you know, I think he was like the all Mountain West player last year, 
Um, but they're playing a little bit better. They might have a little bit more juice. I, I think it's going to be an ugly game, but uh, I'll, I'll stick with Texas Tech. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, tomorrow as part of our picks panel. I'm going to I'm going to go with Bino's boy down there at LSU to break their losing yeah. streak. Bino, Jeff. Uh, Tony, this game is the reason they're no longer having the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. <laughs> uh, I'll take uh, LSU. Brian, I uh, I just can't. I don't understand how Texas Tech could be so bad. I'll say Texas Tech wins that game. Why is Texas Tech so bad? Why are they so game? bad? Is it because they're in a league where there's Nick? just no off nights? Is that what's happening, Nick, to them? That, that's How'd they get bad all of a sudden? Yeah, I mean, if you because I mean, like they're not really getting blown out, um, and they've had a couple guys in and out with injuries. But you know, they I mean, they almost beat Texas and, and, and Moody Center. You know, they lost by two, so they played tight. It's just the league that they're in. You know, if you were to throw them in another league, they'd probably be somewhere middle of the pack. Uh, guys, I watched SMU last night play Memphis. Now they're bad. No offense to uh, Ice Handler. They're bad. I mean, you talk about bad and unwatchable. Let's move along here. Uh, Ole Miss, and, and what's that make the number, Brian? If we if we weighed it and give it to Texas Tech, because our guest said that, what, what's that make? Uh, what's the what's the count now? Four to two. I think it's four to two All in right. favor of the of bad guys. Uh, Bad guys. Bad guys. Bad guys. Ole Miss at Oklahoma State. Mickey Sotliff, what's up? Uh, Talk to me here, Nick Moyle. What do you think? Um, I like Oklahoma State at home. They've been a little bit unpredictable this year, but um, I think they've kind of started to find their footing a little bit. Mike Boynton's a really good coach. Um, They they got some dudes there. They beat Iowa State a couple uh, couple, uh, last week, I think it was. So they just have a better recent win. They're playing a little bit better. I think I'm going to go Oklahoma State. In honor of Mickey and Maggie and the kids, I'm going to go Oklahoma State and do the waving wheat. Bino, what do you say? I can't imagine that Ole Miss team going on the road and winning, Tony. I'm going to Oklahoma State. Brian? Yeah, i got to go with Oklahoma State there, so, too. So that's 5-2 and two right now, but a couple close games. For those scoring at home, we've got a couple that are, you know, we think are going to be Real coin flippers in there, but five and two is the number right now. Let's move along. TCU is at Mississippi State. Mississippi State was really impressive their last time out uh, as they pushed Alabama right to the end. TCU with a recent win with Kansas. TCU's been playing pretty good ball. Nick Moyle? Yeah, I'm actually I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I, I I like the way Mississippi State's been playing lately. They're home. They they mm-hmm. pushed Alabama on the road. Yep. Um, they've had a couple of really close ones. I think Mississippi State's going to pull this one off. I think it's going to be another tight one, but I think I'm going to take that kind of as my upset special here. All right, Bino Jeff Henderson. Tony, the SEC always seems to do better in this challenge than I think they're going to do, and I haven't taken. Uh, uh, well, I did take Kentucky. I'll, t- I'll take uh, Mississippi State here at home. Brian Hartman? Yeah, I think uh, I, I'll go with – I'm going to take TCU. Hey, hey Brian, Brian, you're not buying a car. Just make, <laughs> just make a pick. TCU. Thank you. So Mississippi State is the play. I'm taking Mississippi State as well. So now it's uh, – what's, what's the count here, Brian? Help me out here. It's uh, – I think I guess it's six to five. Is it six five to three? four? Six five to three. Okay, we can count here. Yeah. Iowa State at Missouri. Hey, Missouri's running and gunning, and they're funning. And I like that ball club. I would love to see Missouri win tomorrow. You know, they're an old school um, Big Twelve team, old Big Eight team from back in the league. They got the pedigree facing one of their old foes. 
the crowd has come back. Uh, that coach has uh, done a really, really nice job. Uh, go ahead, Nick. What do you think? You know, I, I think I kind of like Missouri. Um, Iowa State's been playing well. They're coming off a win over Kansas State, but they're, they've been a little bit unpredictable on the road and on even. Their offense kind of goes away from them. Um, I think, you know, Missouri, like I said, been playing well. They're going to have a pretty good home court advantage. Um, so I think I'm going to take Mizzou. Mino, Jeff? Uh, I'm gonna go with Missouri because I think they're the SEC team that this mat, that this uh, uh, this classic means the most to. Great, Bino. That's a great thought. Now, there'll be a lot of people in there tomorrow that'll be thinking to themselves, "Why are we in the Southeastern Conference?" And to those people, <laughs> I want to say we are all wondering the same thing. Brian Hartman, <laughs> I'll go with uh, I'll go with Mizzou. I'm taking Mizzou too. So there you go, a clean sweep, which, Brian, makes our number? It is 6-3. 6-3. And then finally, the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Tennessee and Texas tomorrow night at 6 o'clock Eastern in the house that Greg Bell built. Let's uh, talk about the Texas Longhorns. At Tennessee, Nick Moyle, you of the San Antonio Express, you being a great sport and engaging us on here. And Bino wants you to come back and talk some XFL with us this spring, Nick, so bone up. I'd love to. Okay, bone up on the XFL. We got the Brahmas, baby. We got the Brahmas. What do you think tomorrow night? Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be quite as, as ugly of a rock fight as last year's game was. I think it was 52-51 out here in Austin <sighs> in the equally putrid Irwin Center, which no, which is no longer uh, occupied. Um, honestly, if this game was on Texas' home court, I, I think I would take Texas. I just don't know if they're going to be able to go in there and impose their will on Tennessee. Um, I can see Tennessee kind of keying in on Marcus Carr, who's had an incredible season for Texas and making other guys beat them. I'm thinking it's probably going to be within five points, but but I'm going to take Tennessee. I just think that I love the way they're playing. I love the way they defend, and they just wear you down. You know, a few weeks back, Tennessee got in there in a heavyweight fight with uh, Kentucky, and they were dead to the world. The students weren't there. It was right in right here in Knoxville, but the students weren't, weren't in the building. And Tennessee just was kind of lifeless, and Kentucky, after the Vols got up to an 8 nothing start, shoved them around and beat them up and out-rebounded them by 20. I think the rebounding number tomorrow is the one to watch in the game. The team that rebounds the ball tomorrow, the best, wins the game. Tennessee's been feeding off second and third chance uh, opportunities on offense, and when they don't get them, uh, they have trouble scoring. Uh, Bino, Jeff, what's your pick? Uh, I don't think this is going to be real aesthetically pleasing, but I do think it's going to be another really good Tennessee-Texas basketball game. I'm going to go Tennessee uh, based on the home court advantage. Uh, Brian Hartman? I'll take uh, Vols by just a very small fraction of 50. 50 points? No, a fraction of – you know that – Balls by fifty, they do. I'll say no. a fraction of fifty, like, no. like a tenth of fifty. No, I don't. I don't get out. So Brian. Tennessee by five. I stay locked in my kitchen. Maybe first team to fifty. <laughs> yeah, I I forgot last year's score was like one of those first old uh, one of those oh, old no. uh, really bad high school games I used to go to. Speaking of the great Al Brown, I mean, really, the final score last year was what? Say that again, Nick. 
It was 52-51, and Texas didn't score a field goal over the final six minutes. So, I mean, modern, a, a modern college basketball. The other night I watched Temple, my second favorite team in hoops. I grew up in Philadelphia, which is why, oh, I'm, a, okay. which is why I'm a simpleton. And Texas and Temple played the or Temple and Houston played the other night. And I'm supposed to be excited about this because my Temple boys are going to knock off a number one team in the country. Temple in the final 7-19 did not score a field goal, Nick, in victory. They scored one, one point in the final three minutes and 52 seconds on a free throw, and that was it. I mean, don't spend it all in one place. Modern college <laughs> basketball. Do you, like us, do you have trouble watching the modern game at times because there's so little scoring in it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there, cause there's nothing almost worse than, than bad basketball, and especially bad college basketball, and especially when you get guys just, just heaving shots and you get constant turnovers. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't look pretty out there sometimes. I mean, after watching Texas the last two years, you know, they look better this year, but there were some games that were just, I was falling asleep during them. Amen. Nick Moyle, you're a gentleman and a scholar. If folks want to interact with you, how do they do so? And go Brahmas. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at nrmoyle, M-O-Y-L-E. And, uh, you know, check out San Antonio Express News and the Houston Chronicle, especially if you all want some, some good XFL news. We, we got you. Who do you like in the uh, San Francisco 49er Philadelphia Eagle bra for it all on Sunday? Oh, man, honestly, I, I would love to go against Philly, but I, I don't. I think when you're coming down to Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts, as great as Purdy's been, I'm going to go with the guy who's been there a little bit longer and, but I think it's going to be a great game, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the Eagles there, unfortunately. I mean, who would have ever thought that? Thank you, unfortunately. Who would have ever <laughs> thought, Bino, Jeff, that Jalen Hurts would be a guy you'd say, yeah, man, I'm taking him in the conference championship right? game. That was not on my bingo card, Bino. No, he's so much better NFL quarterback uh, than I thought that he was going to be. Hey, guys, we forgot one game on, on the way out for Nick. They found a way to get Vandy involved in this classic. They're playing Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, they they are playing A&M, aren't they? That's right, Bino. Well, let's put A&M back in their league. Do you guys want A&M back, Nick? Would you take them back? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, everybody needs a team to be they can beat up on in football. Yeah, that, that that's true, too, man. That football season, as bad as Texas was in 2021, man, those fans were eating up every single loss that Jimbo had this year. What a... What a train wreck of a season, but kind of a beautiful disaster to watch. Well, I hope they go into next season hungry because they're going to have some more disaster because that guy right there is a fake, yeah. a fraud, and a phony. And uh, he can change his <laughs> offense all he wants, but it's a same, It's going to be the same. old. It, 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 unless the guy who helps himself to crab legs, who's down, down in New Orleans, <laughs> unless he shows up, Jimbo Fisher, it ain't happening for him. So I appreciate you, Nick. Thank you, brother. No problem. All right, man. Nick Moyle, one more time. Bino, he's a good sport, yes? Absolutely. Nick's probably wondering. <laughs> what in the world was that? Because <laughs> we didn't ask him at all about Texas. He's like, what in the world was that? <laughs> all right. So, uh, so fun. Uh, by the way, Nashville Lee just texted me after our last segment and said he thinks he's changing his name to Polynesian Lee. Hey Lee, it's not going to make me like you anymore. It's not going to make not going to make me like you anymore if your name is Polynesian Lee. Let's just get that on the record here, 
Babino loves how I'm off. I'm all in love. I'm in love with the Polynesian people all of a sudden. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> this week has been all Polynesia all the time. Well, I declared Carol Lawson Polynesian, and Brian said yes, she's not Polynesian. Where did you get that? Well, that's quite a compliment coming from you this week, though. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I'll tell you one thing about Matt Dixon. For a guy that's a passionate about uh, women's college basketball, he sure does despise Gino Ariema. I wonder what he says oh, about yeah. me behind closed doors. You don't want to know. He got some W. Lynn in him. Matt's got some W. Lynn I don't in think him. Matt says a lot behind closed doors. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. When we come back, I got to talk about this item that we have in the blog today and how it got there on the old Miss kid that committed that that's coming here. The DB is he coming? Is he not coming? Because now. He's visiting Bino. Now, now get this. We'll talk about it on the other side. He's enrolled at Tennessee, Bino. He's visiting three schools this weekend, Beanstar. Do we love 2023 or do we love 2023? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that Wyoming receiver? Wasn't he listed? Nayer. Yes. Over there Same deal. To Texas I, and you know something. what? I sure hope that doesn't happen to Tony Basilio. Oh, I would hate. I mean, just speaking, you know, detached from the situation here. I, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll address it and talk about it and how we got there, and we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. I just want to say that your show is disgusting. Two white men and a white woman attacking a black man who's a Democrat, yet you have no balance to anything that you say. You act like a bunch of Southern You are ridiculous. You're a horrible show. You're a horrible representation of Tennessee. Y'all are disgusting. You're disgusting human beings. And either balance it out with someone who has a half a clue of what they can talk about. You got a bus driver up there acting like he's better than him just because of what? I have no idea what his points are other than what Tucker Carlson told him what to say. Y'all are disgusting human beings. You need to get off the air. Three Dudes with a View. Triggering liberals between Dollywood and Graceland Monday through Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. 
I've got our good friend Miles Johnson on the phone. I know you got your regular specials, which you always have, and I heard a, a rumor you even have some Friday specials. That is correct. All righty, well, the normal weekly special, we have boneless chuck roast, $4.99 a pound, ground round for $4.29 a pound, green cabbage, $0.49 cents a pound, three-pound bag yellow onions, $1.99 each, and Coca-Cola 12-packs, two for 13 And on Friday, the 27th, one day only, we have $5 ribeye steaks, $5 each, not a pound, they're $5 each, 15-pound bag russet potatoes, $5, and 40-pack Niagara water, $5, and we got a few more things on here that are also $5. All right, and people can pick up a flyer when they walk in the door there and find out all your great deals, so that's fantastic. And again, as always, you guys are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there at 417 West 7th. Miles, you have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. All right, let me get to our blog today, which has people confused, and now I'm confused. First of all, I put all my cards on the table I always do here. I do not follow recruiting day in and day out and i'm not orange throat okay but he had a submission and i was working on the blog last night and i had an item that came across that was sent to me that michael bratton tweeted former rebel cornerback davidson however you say that kid's last name transfers to tennessee according to Ole miss insiders and and then i click on it and it's something from uh SEC Mike, and then there's a thing from a guy who uh, has like an uh, Ben Garrett is his name, and it's like an on three deal. And I, you know, I'm just like, okay, fine. I just put it in there. <laughs> okay. But I put it in there with the knowledge that he had also enrolled at Tennessee's deal. And then I talked to somebody, and they said the, the, the thought and the hope was that he was going to get um, that he was going to enroll in classes next week. Person I talked to. The piece of it that I didn't get was that he's taking three extra visits or three quick visits this weekend. So, in other words. Do we jump the gun on that? Yeah, I don't cover recruiting day in and day out, though. I put I put it in there because I thought it was just a done item. So I'm not backtracking. I'm just telling you the story on that and just saying, hey, look, we do a lot of things around here. We do our best. And I hope it comes to fruition because he's a nice player. But in 2023, I guess you don't count your chickens till they walk on your campus in the transfer portal. Because the truth about the portal guys is they're not signing anything. So it's all so nebulous anyway. And by the way, I don't blame a kid like that. I mean, you only get one bite at the apple. And if I'm him and I got three or four schools fighting over me, why wouldn't I make Tennessee sweat a little more? Right, Bino? I mean, I'm just thinking I'm thinking from, from that standpoint. But I wanted to address it because people were asking me about it. And they're like, well, you know, so-and-so is saying, and I hear, I'm here to tell you, once I found out he was enrolling, I was like, okay, I'll put it in there. Because I thought it was over. I didn't get the piece about the other three visits, though, and I apologize for that. But, you know, it is what it is. 
Tennessee feels like they're in pretty good shape with them. Makes uh, sense. I guess the only yeah. thing that would scare me is hearing he was listed in the directory. Yeah. And that's the same thing that we heard, you know, about the Wyoming that's transfer. Right. That's right. We was automatically here, and all of a sudden he's at Texas. So, that's right. So, so in other words, kinda, yeah, Tony exactly. didn't learn his lesson. But I got SEC Mike telling me that. I got some guy named Ben Ben Garrett who follows Ole Miss telling me that, and you know, whatever, whatever. I guess next time we'll wait for that uh, that thing that comes down where they say I'm taking my talents to Tennessee. But in the spirit of trying to include, which was kind of uh, just an item, uh, we've caused uh, some confusion, and that was never my intention. So my my apologies. I'm just trying to serve the fan base here. And I wanted to get that out there, the anatomy of what went into that. So I went into Orange Throat's submission, and I kind of reworded it because he had something in there about him. And I thought, well, you know, um, this has changed. So I just wanted to get that out. 865-200-5402. He would be a heck of a player, and if they get him, as Mike Huguenin said from on three earlier, that would be a quite a reworking of Tennessee secondary, and Hughie said his come year probably would not be this year, but next year uh, would be the way that he assesses that rangy, tall cornerback, which I like the fact that Tennessee's gone after rangy, tall athletes. I'm thrilled with what they're doing on the defensive side of the football. It's wild, though, that a commit, that that a kid would enroll in a school and then visit with, the, with, the, with the aim at, uh, starting class next week, but then squeeze three more visits in this weekend. What is he taking the Concord? Think about that. I mean, think about that. Well, I think one of the schools he's looking at is UCLA. All right, one other item. Bino, you wanted to say something about the Tony Valls segment from yesterday. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I, I thought that you and Matt and Brian were all great with him. Uh, and I was, uh, uh, I, I, I was really kind of taken back that uh, it was announced on here that Jared Dickey's not really a part of the catcher rotation. That they, I, from what I heard, their view they view him as a as a uh, emergency catcher. That there are at least two guys that are in front of him right now uh, in the pecking order, and that he'll either play left field or he'll DH. Which I think is a good problem to have. Oh, absolutely a good problem. I'm that's that's good. I'm. I'm I'm glad that we're not having to create another catcher. 865-200-5402 is our number if you want to join us on the programma. Again, 865-200-5402 if you want to jump in. Let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hi, my friends, compatriots. Hey, W. Lynn, welcome in, buddy. Uh, great show so far, Tony. I love the Big 12 uh, SEC segment. But I, I have to ask Bino one question. Yes, Bino, sir. You might, tell me, you might want to tell me where to go. What were you doing last night between 8 and 10 p.m. besides watching the Lady Vols? Who, what were you watching? Uh, I was watching a uh, documentary on the mob in Las Vegas uh, with one eye as my wife watched uh, the Celtics and the Knicks. Boom! Oh, God. <laughs> so some NBA hoops were on. Sheena was watching. Is Sheena a Knicks fan or a Celtic fan? 
or just an NBA fan, uh, Bean Star? She is. She is neither. Uh, she's she's a fan of players more than anything else. Gotcha. But, uh, I watch so much college basketball that anytime she can swap it over and watch some NBA, she does. W. Lynn, I'm trying to describe to Bino how bad that officiating was in that game last night. And well, words, let, let me tell you something, Tony. That first quarter, their point guard kept coming up and ramming our point guard. It looked like those documentaries where you see two rams just butting mm-hmm. heads. It, it looked like Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom with Marlon Perkins is what it looked like. <laughs> you know, and then Gino, the, the greatest thing he said was, this always happens when we're down here <laughs> in that rant. <laughs> so he, he's, he's still, you know, he's still thinking of those times Pat beat him, but uh, I'm proud of our students for showing up. They showed up for the game. Uh, I, I do think that any time we honor Pat Summit with a big game, it's kind of like when we honored Chris Lofton. And we honor Bernard King. The teams get tight. Teams get tight. They, they don't want to blow it. Yep. You know, and. Uh, yep. Well, you know, Kentucky's going to have that deal when we play our game up there because they're honoring two of their national championship teams from the 90s, W. Lynn. Who and bringing is? them all back. UConn? Kentucky. Kentucky. When oh, we Kentucky. play up there next month. They're okay. they're doing that deal where they're bringing and and those kids are going to be tight playing in front of all those legends, all those NBA legends. Well, I hope that helps, but uh, I'm 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 proud of our our team. I yep. mean, UConn's just better than us right now. Oh, That's a lot better. That's it. what we were saying on the area. Say so a lot better. Yeah, you, you know. But uh, I, I was I was glad glad the crowd showed up. UConn will not play in front of a crowd like that probably for the next year. You know, it's a uh, it was yeah. it was good, but uh, and the other thing we got to get back to, you know, Texas is our sister state, whether they admit it or not. Sister state, Bino, have they admitted that yet? For, I got to ask Bino, Bino, have they admitted that yet that they're our sister state? Darn it, Bino! <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so, Tony. Darn it! And, and if it wasn't for Tennesseans, they'd still be a province of Mexico. Yes. What the. Uh, what is Kentucky's sister state? Kansas? Oh, you may. Oh, you may. Oh, you may. Probably Indiana, Brian. Probably Indiana. Yeah. Indiana's about boring but, uh, as hell. No you offense got, you to you. got to remember, uh, during the, the battle for Texas independence and when the Alamo occurred, uh, Andrew John Jackson was the president. What I was thinking. Sam Houston was leading the Texas Army, and Davy Crockett was at the Alamo. Sam Houston was married to Baby Doll in WWF in the mid '80s. That's my Sam Houston. But to get over there, I want the students to be there like they were uh, last night and rock that place. We got we got to beat Texas, guys. Brian, well, time. well, Brian Hartman had a really good observation. Brian, the student body the other night for the Georgia game made it a completely different atmosphere, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so because they sit on, they got them sitting on behind both goals now. So before they just sat them behind the uh, one goal, where in the second half. Both goals. The opposing team was not shooting free both. throws into a, a mob of students. Now they are. Both goals, both, both W. Lambs. Both goals. I, I, I like that. I just I kind of wish they were a little bit closer, though. I still say I every time that. we do something, we don't get it close enough with the students. We need to bring you know. back the volcano. Dino, do you remember the volcano? I, I do remember the volcano. 
I don't know. We need to bring it back. I remember it. Need to bring back the volcano. But uh, with the Polynesian thing, Tony, uh, maybe you ought to start playing the Hawaii Five theme song some. Well, I mean, not a bad idea. Book them, Dano. Is is that? Is are those folks? I guess those folks are Polynesian in that show, aren't they? Was yeah, Dano Polynesian? The Polynesians got to the islands of Hawaii way back. Was no. Jack Lord Polynesian? Oh, Dano and Garrett were were not Polynesian, but most of the rest of the staff was. You don't think that uh, you don't think Dano was Polynesian, Bino? Uh, I don't, Tony. You may. Well, I mean, there were some guys in that game the other day that I didn't think were Polynesian. They were like that branch guy; he was Polynesian. Well, you never know. I mean, for for Pete's sakes, you know, we're, we we've all got a lot of blood in it from different places. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, w, w. Lynn, thank you. You're my man. Good show, hey, guys. Glad you're back. You sound great. Like I got loud and memorable. So. Um, the year they had the volcano, didn't they go like five and twenty-two? Brian, now why do you want to go there? I love the volcano, and I used to love when they would put that wooden tee up and run through that wooden tee. You know, remember? Oh the, yeah, those high days, Tony. That's right. <laughs> Can you imagine the mirrors thing if he would have hung on for ESPN? With the player oh. riding around on a unicycle and somebody juggling oh. and the dancing bear and him standing on the chair down there. Just, just if it would have gone just, if you would have just rewound the clock or, or fast forward the clock five or six years, how much fun the 80s oh. would have been. Oh, man. But instead, Way before you, his time, Tony. Way before his time. Instead, Bino, we had Don DeVoe here. Who was as fun as... You're saying DeVoe wasn't fun? Let's fill in the blank, Pino. Don DeVoe was as fun as... Uh, uh, afternoon at Cinco's. Back to the... F- God, Cinco getting ripped on here. I was thinking a, a common cold. Hello and welcome into our next call. Boys, right, right, right. God, how about that, Philly? We have a co-host on co-host heat now. Philly, I didn't know. <laughs> I was really, uh, I, I was that, talking about wondering. Cinco's profession. Those, Nobody wants to go see Cinco. Oh, Cinco. I want to come see you, Cinco. Just keep your hands off my teeth. That Don't really is unpleasant. Players, yeah. Go only four players you had on uh on the basketball finals cassette was robot ball, Greg Bell, remember that? Uh, absolutely. They they in the house that Greg Bell built. You got it, Philly. Philly, did you find the Don DeVoe era fun? That was fun until Ray Mears' talent ran out. Then after that, the guy was atrocious. Interesting. Plus, the shot clock and uh, the three-point line came into existence, and he was slow to uh, respond to it. And he didn't carry the lick. Besides that, it was pretty good there. Um, Don DeVoe, Don DeVoe and his crew somehow reeled Dale Ellison here, and Bill Battle reeled in. Condridge Holloway, and other than that, that was the end of both their eras. Hmm. Isn't that interesting how great players end up in spots like that, though? It really is when you, when you look at it, right? Because in this, in this day and age, you know what would happen? Unfortunately for both guys, they would transfer out. Yeah. Somebody would pick them off their team. Because Dale Austin didn't play much as a freshman. He played right. some, but not much. 
Did you guys ever dream in a million years, here goes a guy, you look at the record books today in three-point shooting, here goes a guy whose name is going to be in that thing forevermore in terms of one of the most prolific three-point shooters. And he played down low here, right? I was back to back the whole time. Yeah, you could argue he's the second-best player in Tennessee basketball history behind uh, King. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he's either two or three. I wonder where Grant Williams, a two-time conference player of the year, fits into that conversation, guys. Pretty damn good player in his era. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is he top five? You well, two, I'm, I'm asking top you two. Five is still in top ten. I'm, I'm asking you two. He's a two-time conference player of the year. I'm asking I, you two. I old think heads. he's just out outside of the top five. Totally. Huh? I think he's just outside. All right, of the top you guys, five. give me your. You guys, rifle your top five off top of your head. Go ahead. King, one, right? Bradfield, Ellis, Houston, and Lofton. Philly? Hmm. I agree with most of that. Uh, it's where you get in the five and six and sevens where where you get your, your problems about picking who's uh, in that. That's, I guess Grant Williams could be in there, though, because I think if they put, uh, uh, put another banner up there with a uh, retiring jersey, it'll be Grant Williams. I think that's right, Phil. I Where think Grant is Williams is the next jersey. In Hope, list. Hopefully that night they pay for his uh, the, the thing they do on Friday night. The university can find some money. What you say, Brian? Where does Slay and, and they don't Chisholm make Barnes pay for it. List. Slay and Chisholm. Chisholm's the all-time winner here. He won the most games. I, I don't know, Brian. I, I'm like Phil. I think there's an obvious top four in Tennessee history. Then I think uh, you can have a lot of arguments from there. Uh, I would think that those two guys, if I sat down and listed what I thought were the best players in Tennessee history, uh, Slay would certainly be close, if not in the top ten. I'm not sure about Chisholm. It's such a great, great great conversation to have and tennessee's got some great all-time greats yeah if you if kenny chandler played three years he'd be in the top five but he, yep. he, he just played one year that's what I mean. these guys do now they they surrender their i don't use the term birthright but they surrender their uh place in history in these schools because they don't have a place in history in these schools because they only played one year and that's that's fair and just in my opinion unless you're exemplary uh, but even then, you better lead your team to like a Final Four if you want to get uh, that kind of recognition compared to these guys that stayed for three years. It's reality. Well, the, key, the key tomorrow, I think, is CZ Talk is going to stay out of foul trouble. Yep. And I think you got, uh, we're going to have to see a good games from uh, Julian Phillips and uh, Triple J because I think those are two top players that uh, can guard Texas uh, – Texas players and their athletic type uh, that can do it. And they just got to score some on offense. You know, Philly, it's a great call. Um, Vesco, Ziegler, Key, and Triple J need to keep all their guys out of the paint because all those guys that that are that these guys are checking are going to try to attack us offensively. That's going to be their game plan. And Triple J tomorrow is very key. Tennessee cannot get beaten up on the glass like they did with Kentucky. That just cannot happen. Yeah, but they don't have no shade boy underneath. I know. I was was just wondering. uh, What what I was wondering tomorrow is 
what happens with our big men in tomorrow's game. And and so, like, how many minutes uh, does the big man play? Uh, Bino, how many how many how many minutes does our big battleship play down low? Who's had his moments in his senior season? You talking about Euros? Yes, I am. Does he get fourteen I, or fifteen? I don't, I don't does he know. Get, it's, it, he that's get... really hard to project, Tony, because yeah. we we use so many bigs, and it always depends on who seems to be yep. giving us the best opportunity. Yep. So I, I don't know whether tomorrow's a good or a bad matchup for Europe. They need him dialed in tomorrow, Philly. How do you see it? Well, I guess he's got an advantage on them inside. If but. Uh, and, and if the bonus will be if Conwall plays. If Conwall plays, Tennessee is unbeatable, but Conwall don't even show up some games. I know. You know how it is. I know. It's so strange. I think he's doing a good game, though, because he's had a couple off ones. Well, actually, he was okay the last time out with Georgia. He was okay. Yeah, I still, I still don't like Gino, but he, he's a good coach. See you. See? I'd like to do a quick uh, overtime on him and thumbs up, thumbs down on Gino. For some reason, I find him humorous. I mean, he clapped at that woman last night. Um, you know what's funny? Mark Griffin texted me, uh, Bino, during last night's game. And he said, man, I despise that guy. <laughs> and and, and Griff is the one that came up with the, the concept of let's celebrate the heels in college basketball. And I'm like, Griff, I love the guy. And I love the guy because he would coach like my all Dwayne Shenzius female team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't love the guy by any stretch. I, I, I kind of dislike him, but he's I funny. think he's good for college basket for women's basketball. He's just like one of those Philly people that would sit in a room with you at the barber shop, and if you said something stupid, would look at you and go, "Listen, that's a bad take. That's a bad take." Versus most people just shake their heads and go, yeah, okay, I mean, you know. Like, my dinner table, I'd argue my point. Like, I'd say something, and then I would make a bad point, and one of my brothers would look at me and go, that's stupid, what are you talking about? Like, especially when it comes to sports. Now, other things are going to leave you alone, but but Holly says, what are you going to tell your team? And he's like, what do you mean what am I going to tell my team? That Those officials... In the first half, first quarter, they didn't call anything, so we settled in. That's the way they're going to call the game. And then they called everything on both teams, and he was right. Brian, he was right, wasn't he? He was right. Yeah, I mean, but he sort of, you know, forgets that first quarter they got all the, you know, they got it all. And I, why, why would he expect to go on the road and, and get the but, kind of calls they he's used to getting at home? Brian, they didn't call foul on anybody the first quarter. No. Like so, so it isn't like they got it all. I mean, he, they, the refs just let him play. Well, I think what I thought was interesting last night is they played with seven players and won by like eighteen points. Think about that; they're missing two players. How good was their yeah, original sure. team? How good was their original team? I mean, that's the question, right? I think Geno's an accomplished heel, and I think he likes that role. Yes. So he doesn't mind promoting it from time to time. No, he didn't care. And and what I thought was weird was he snapped. I mean, snapped at. And this is my one criticism of that ESPN crew doing that deal last night. 
because I really watched the game. Like, Laura had the thing on. Like, she literally, Bino, I watched the hour pregame show. They had the different gals mic'd up, and they tried to tell the crowd when to cheer, when not to cheer. It kind of worked, kind of didn't, whatever. Uh, they kind of did the self-congratulations thing where they said, you're the first school ever to have game day for the football, for the basketball, for the f- for the football, for the basketball. And and the crowd just, like, looked at them, and they said, cheer. You're supposed to cheer, and the crowd cheered. Okay. Um, it was an ESPN moment. Because we all know that the sports began when ESPN came on the air. I mean, we all know that. Now, I've got a full bank. We've got a fully-throated, fully fun, fully humorous, let's have a good time. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. Wear this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Ace now offers free assembly and delivery on grills over $3.99? It's never been easier for you and your family to have a great grill like a Weber gas grill, a Traeger pellet grill, or a Big Green Egg charcoal grill. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware, located at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Bar convenience stores conveniently located all across southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. First responders know seconds count when saving lives, and emergency response can often be delayed due to difficulty navigating rural locations, congested subdivisions, mobile home parks, and apartment complexes. The Locator 911 is a unique life-saving bulb. In normal use, a porch light, and when activated by you, a multicolored flashing beacon for first responders to help them find you in the event of an emergency. For more information, stop by your local fire department or visit thelocator911.com. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. 